Welcome to Rain It In. This is Matt. Hey, and I'm Rachel. Uh, so this is a podcast with two married nerds talking about, again, travel. Uh, we had sort of a um, several year pandemic. OMG, what are we going to talk about? Um, and also a year of not very much podcasting, but we're hoping to get back to you more regularly this year. Uh, this episode is about top 10 Amsterdam, although we're going to spill over a little bit into other... Yeah, Netherlands uh, in general. Uh-huh. Because yep. uh, Matt spent some time in different places in the Netherlands besides just Amsterdam. So um, with that said, we'll take a break and we'll come back uh, and get to the top 10. Sounds good. Uh, top 10 episodes generally we both come up with six because uh, there's always some overlap oh right i only came up with five we'll work oh, it out oops well no, i think i came up with seven so we're fine okay yeah. uh and so i'm going to ask matt what his uh first one is all right so yeah starting at the bottom the first one i have is the smell which is a weird huh. one that is so weird. it's not that it really smelled I, I felt like it smelled unique and i don't know why Part of this was I came, the, the, the trip that we took to the Netherlands, it was on the end of our Sweden trip that mm-hmm. you can listen to our last two episodes on. And after that, we went to the Amsterdam. We spent a week in Amsterdam. And then uh, Rachel, I went home. Yeah. And then I stayed in the Netherlands for two weeks. Right. Uh, took a short trip to Germany to ride on the Schwebebahn. Um and then, but I worked from Amsterdam or from Amsterdam for a week, and I worked from Netherlands for a week, and then I went to India for ten days for work. It was a long time. Yeah, I was gone too long, but it was fun. So when I came back from India, I had an awesome time in India, but I flew back through Amsterdam on the way home. Mm-hmm. And so I got off the plane. I got like I caught the flu or something. It wasn't COVID because I tested negative, but it was something. I was felt like total crap when in I the last India. day and a half in India. And I was feeling okay when I got back to Amsterdam, but when I say okay, I was probably like 60%. I didn't feel abysmal, but I did not feel good. Right. And But I got off the plane, and I entered into the concourse or whatever, the terminal for in the Amsterdam airport. And it smelled familiar. And that was it was a very comforting sense, because India was... A ton of fun. It was re- really amazing. I have amazing coworkers that really took care of us while we were there. Such a good time. So much good food. There was a fair amount of pollution in Pune where I was, mm, mm-hmm. and um, things were kind of hectic, but it was manageable. But getting back to Amsterdam, it felt like more comfortable. It felt mm, more familiar. And when I got off the plane, it smelled like I don't even know what the smell was. There was like some fresh baked bread, kind of, because there oh. were some like like restaurants and shops around. Maybe it was like some cheese because it was like a cheese store there. I don't know what it was, but it just felt like it smelled more familiar. So when I got off that plane, I was like, oh my God, I'm one step closer to home because I knew (laughs) I had a 30-hour travel day. Actually, it was like a 32 or 33-hour travel day that day to get home from India. And I was through the first like... 20 hours 20 hours of it at that point. So I don't know why, but I got off and I was like, just smelled deeply and I was like oh wow and then I walked around to get to my gate and or because I had to like leave the airport kind of and come back in to get my bags uh, two different itineraries and uh to walk by stores that looked familiar right and it just like it felt good so I'd say that's what that was so maybe it's smell but it's also 
would say Netherlands and Amsterdam, Amsterdam Airport, it it felt manageable. Right. Well, part of that is that like pretty much everyone speaks English, right? Yeah. So you can rely on being able to communicate with people. Um, things are sort of familiar looking, even if Dutch is a language that, you know, you can kind of suss things out about yeah. what the letters are saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and of course the letters are all, you know, the sharing letters with English, unlike yeah. uh, in India, yeah. uh, where you're not necessarily experiencing that. Um, so all right. So yeah, what's your, what was your first one on your list? Well, so I'll go with a, a feely one instead of a place or location one. A uh, feely one. Right. Well, yours yeah. was a, a feel. It, oh, it was a, I see. Yeah, yeah. It was feels yeah. um, related. Uh, so I just think Amsterdam is a really pleasant city to walk in. Yeah. Because uh, it's so flat, right? This is why everyone bicycles there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do not bicycle, so I did not bicycle there. But uh, it's a nice it's a nice city to walk in. Um, it's pretty compact. You can get from A to Z pretty easily. You walk through a bunch of different neighborhoods. Everything is lovely. And, it, of course, this is, like, true in, like, the old like canal sort of areas but our hotel wasn't necessarily in that sort of space uh we were at um we were east yeah we were east and we had like a an apartment um it was a building of hotel apartments Mm -hmm. not necessarily it wasn't an airbnb um specifically uh but it was a a two-bedroom apartment because we had four of us staying there yeah short-term stay is all the same yeah exactly uh and so even just walking around that neighborhood, right? Like, because uh, that was a really kind of immigrant-heavy neighborhood. So mm-hmm. when, you know, my mom and I walked to the train one day, it was just sort of like, oh, like, let's take a detour and walk down the street. And there were all these markets and, um, I mean, just people living their lives, right? Which yeah. is always super fun. Uh, and then, of course, you walk through the touristy areas and it's like fancier shops or you watch walk through the red light district and it's like everybody, everything smells of weed, very I, cheap weed, I will say. Um, none I, of that wheat smelled like anything I would want to smoke. I have no comparison. I may do have some comparison, but it's been too long for me to I have just, any memory of that. I was just like, this is all, this is all <laughs> junk. Um, I'm not a weed snob, but you know, like it all just smelled. I'm not a weed smoker, <laughs> so no. I'm not a weed snob, but it all smelled cheap and terrible. Uh, so. You're not allowed to, I mean, they just passed a law after we were there that you're not supposed to smoke it on the street anymore. Oh, uh, interesting. So, because yeah. they're trying to cut down on um, drug and alcohol tourism. Well, that's funny because I just told you, I was reading, I saw a snippet on, uh, I don't know, some some news site that there's a current um, ad campaign from Amsterdam focused at like 20 to 30 year old British men. Um, specifically saying, like, if they search for Bar Crawls Amsterdam from the UK, they get a, an ad from the from Amsterdam that, like, the instead of being like, hey, come here, it's actually like, you should not come here. Yeah. We're not interested in you getting arrested and having problems. You should find someplace else to go if this is what you're looking to do. It's like, really? So they're obviously trying to change their image a little bit, right? Yeah. I think, I mean, and I think UK dude tourism has pretty bad reputation a lot of places in europe like i feel like when we were in prague all those years ago there were just like crowds of chanting um brits like wandering the street late at night uh Mm, you're right i do remember that so um but i can imagine you know people just go over there and sort of go crazy and in fact like 
one of the things that I learned while I was there is that car insurance companies have put in all of these uh, essentially curbs um, in oh, yeah. front of the canals. Uh, the city or the state didn't do it, but the car insurance companies did because so many cars used to get pushed into the canals uh, that they were like, it's cheaper for us to line oh. all of these canals with curbs than it is for us to keep paying for... Like hooligans were shoving them in. Yes. Oh, yeah. that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah, not so, people like drunk driving them in, but like people... Yeah. Hooligans shoving them in. So that's interesting. So, because I wear a flat cap, um, sort of like, I don't know, Piggy Blinders, Newsboy. I mean, yeah. I, but, anyways, yeah, one of those kind of classic, sort of British caps. Um, partially because I don't like baseball caps and because I am prone to potential skin cancer and uh, thinning hair. So I wear a hat whenever we're out. But I was going to make the joke while we were there. You, like, traditionally, right, the joke is like, I don't know the joke, but like it's Americans, joke. people are like, oh, American tourists, right? Oh, right Eye roll. You're in baseball bats. Um, or, baseball or whatever. Caps. Yeah, wearing around our baseball bats. <laughs> but like, I roll American tourists. But I was going to make the joke while we were there is like, do you think it's worse to be British now because of like Brexit and all that stuff? But it's probably because young British dudes are a bunch of hooligans. Not all of them by any means. I'm sure tons. I know a few young British men and they're all very nice. They yeah. would not be doing that. But the, yeah, the no, stereotype of. Yeah, I, I doubt. <laughs> but I mean, like, well, also, I mean, American tourists might be terrible, but like yeah. you're getting so many fewer crowds of them all coming together because the mm-hmm. flight is a lot longer, right? Yeah, that's true. Like the likelihood that you're going to get like 10 of your BFFs together and fly to Amsterdam yeah. from the U.S., you're not. You're going to go to yeah. flipping Vegas, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh, also, if you can't hear from her voices or if you haven't listened to us long enough, we're not in that 20 to 30 year old demographic. (laughs) (laughs) They're seeing me. Like I was noticing that every place I go now, I'm always definitely a sir in a way that has a different tone than when I would occasionally get sir called sir before. Like I'm an old man now for the perspective of, of waitstaff. Anyway. So that was, that was mine. Yeah. Yeah, Mine was, mine was walking around just Uh, that it feels good. Right. Walking around. um, Easy. Easy. Always somewhere to stop if you want to get a coffee or if you want to get a, beer if you want to get a drink like um and again everybody speaks english so it's super easy to just be like hey yeah i want to stop in and and get you know something to drink warm up because we were there in february yeah uh and it's not stressful Mm -hmm. because everybody does speak english yeah that's a good call out so because this is another thing we've talked about some in the past on on some of our other like travel I don't know, tips or whatever, mm-hmm. is like we tend to, when we're out and about, you know, we, we wake up, we take, you know, we're on vacation, we don't want to get up early, um, but we still get moving, but we'll do something in the morning and then we'll stop for like lunch and we'll usually stop and get lunch someplace where you get a drink or something, but sometimes you're just out and you've been out, like whether you're cold because it's winter mm-hmm. in Amsterdam or you're just, and we're, or you're in uh, New Orleans and it's freaking like 900 degrees out, right? Mm-hmm. And you just want to take a break. So we often just build in time to, normally we might grab a coffee, but more often than not, we're on vacation, we're grabbing a glass of wine or a beer. Um, But you're right, Amsterdam was really convenient. There were a lot of places that you could see, because we talked about this, I had some trouble in Germany. Uh There were a lot of places in Amsterdam, and actually Rotterdam, where I spent a week, where you just walk by and you see bar seating. There's usually some open seats. You Uh can always just... You're like, I don't know where I'm going for food. I just need a break. I'm going to sit down. But it was, it was very accessible. Like, A, I felt 
pretty safe everywhere in Amsterdam. Yeah. Um, and then it was also like if you just needed a break, it was really easy to find a place to take a break. Yeah. Um, For sure. So that was that was really nice. I did I did just I, I felt comfortable there. It was really nice. Um, so my yeah. What's your third one? My or well your yeah second, whatever my next our one. Third. I'm gonna go out of order because you went out of not out of order but you pulled in one that I think this connects to more. I initially had this as my number two, but public transit. Oh, yeah. That like, was on my list, too. It's impossible now to call it public transit. In the, in the Netherlands in general, but in Amsterdam in particular, uh, there are trams, Everywhere. buses, just... You don't need to walk more than a couple blocks to get to a line, and that's going to get you where you want to go. And they're so easy. And so, I will say... Things had just switched over, so now you can tap to pay. Mm -hmm. That didn't used to be the case. Matt spent several hours researching it and then had bad dreams about it all night. Um, uh, I, I, I'm known to be a little bit of a worrier. But uh, but it was very easy because yeah. they do accept tap. So if you've got your phone on you, which we all did, um, you just step in and you tap your yeah, credit card doing, thing. If you're not doing Apple or Google Pay at this point um, and you're going to travel in Europe, Definitely do it. Yeah, do, it's going to make your life easier. They don't want your credit card if you're an American. It's expected. Yeah, like just do tap to pay. You're, plenty of your cards these days are going to do tap to pay, but it's even easier with your phone. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you're right. I think my mom was using her card. Though. Oh, she was. Yeah, using yeah, the card so, was easy too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You just tap it, go in. Uh, in fact, I I might be inclined to use my credit card instead of my phone mm -hmm. because I sometimes had trouble oh, like getting, getting it back open to the yeah. right screen. Um, and I would say also. You can buy like day passes and stuff that are gonna save you money if you're traveling in a group, but man, that was kind of a pain. The same thing, I had trouble getting it to scan some of those things, and yeah, I um, think it was just so easy to. It might and, be more expensive, and you have yeah. to tap on and off, uh, which yeah. is worth you know considering because it charges you based on distance, not just right. like flat fee. Uh, so, thus, like Matt said, right the getting things out like one time the doors closed before we could get out because the doors do close quickly they uh, do yeah yeah <laughs> uh, and if you don't get it in time because i the one of the last days i was in amsterdam i knew i was going to be taking a bunch of different legs so mm -hmm. i got a day pass for like nine euro or something like that because it like it was going to add up to be more than that probably mm -hmm. but i had i couldn't get it to scan on the way off one and because i was using one of the day passes instead of just doing the right. card tap tap right which was easy if you're using a pass it's a little more challenging it wouldn't scan my code wouldn't scan my code i just got off because i was holding up the train um and then i got back on the train later on and it wouldn't scan it and uh, i did it a few times and it scanned it but it was like telling me i got off the train right and it was like an hour later or something like that so I would say it is incredibly easy if you're traveling solo or in a group of two and you're not trying to use any group passes. If you're traveling yeah. as a family, just get the trick down. Yeah. Be aware be of what you to... need to do. Yeah. And my mom was fine. I mean, my mom's 75, but she was fine. So, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not like, it's not hard. Right. Uh, no. So, but yeah, public transit is amazing. Um, Google Maps will, right. uh, you know, um, show you lines and that sort of thing. There were... I mean, they go everywhere. Uh, we also took, my mom and I took public transit uh, ferry across the river. Um, mm, not I just a canal, but yeah. like uh, across the river. And there, mm -hmm. that actually we did not pay. There was no clear way to pay. Oh, funny. Either getting on or getting off. So yeah. it was just like, well, whatever. Yeah. Maybe those are just free. I have no idea. I do think it's one of those 
like we were in the Czech Republic a long time ago at this point, and you bought a little ticket before you got on, but nobody ever checked your tickets. Like, I don't think ever, anybody ever looked at my ticket on the train, on the normal transit, on the trams or anything in, in Amsterdam. Because mm. um, I, I was also taking the train, because while we were there, I worked for part of a week, right. and then I worked for another week after Rachel left. Um, and when I was on the the longer... so. You have all the inner city, like all the intra-city, all the local Amsterdam yep. stuff, really easy to use. And then there's also amazing transit that gets you to all the other cities in the Netherlands, super easy. Costs a little bit more. Um, but that one, I was taking like a sprinter because it has less stops and I could get to work quicker. I was working from the office. Uh -huh. um, they would occasionally come by and check my pass on that, uh, which kind of like when I was in the UK... Right. And not every time, but occasionally they would you know, probably like maybe a third of the time to half the time someone would ask. Um, There's no like kiosk or anything to buy a ticket though at the at the ferry station. Yeah. There just like was really no clear way to pay. So yeah. I was just like, well, whatever. And I thought I thought maybe you just would have to tap when you got off because it was like, mm -hmm. well, obviously, like it's not many stops. It's just like across the river, but no. Yeah. So, uh, I am bummed I didn't get to take the the the, the ferry. bus, the ferry. Yeah, the ferry I love yeah. collecting mass transit. So the last thing on the mass transit too, this was one I was not expecting. So I stayed for a week in Amsterdam after Rachel left. I went to Germany for a weekend, and then I stayed the last week in in uh, Rotterdam, which mm -hmm. we'll talk about on some of my other ones. Um, but part of the reason I stayed at Rotterdam, besides Rachel, was like, hey broaden your horizons and get the hell out of Amsterdam for a while. Thank you. Uh -huh. um, is, strangely enough, it's quicker to get from Rotterdam Central Station to the Amsterdam airport than it is to get from all the places I was looking at staying in Amsterdam mm -hmm. because I'd have to connect. It wasn't long, but it, like I didn't want to have my suitcases and have to transfer, but there's a direct express shuttle that goes from Rotterdam Central to the Amsterdam airport. I think there's one stop along the yeah, way. Yeah, and the Amsterdam airport is on the west side of the city, yeah. right? And so, and Rotterdam is also west. So, yeah, yeah it's, it's not, just... Yeah, it's not nearly as far over as I thought, but it's because it's a straight shot with no stops, you're going like probably like 70 miles an hour. Right. And you're just poof, there. It was like 25 minutes. It was yeah. rel relatively inexpensive. It was so convenient to hit the airport from Rotterdam. So... We'll come back to plugging Rotterdam in a bit. And I will say, um, like, there is a local Uber app. Uh, mm. I don't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but I use that a couple of times. We use that to get to the airport, and we also used it to get to one of the museums because the museum was across the um, river, mm. and it was going to be a pretty... It was going to be, like, 45 minutes on public transit, so I was, we just got a car because it was raining, and that was quicker. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't very expensive. But if you are there, uh, just make sure to look it up. And if you want to get a car, download the the local sort of rideshare app. Cool. Oh, yeah. I didn't even download that. I had no idea what it was. But Yeah. I, we used it, I mean, just twice, right? Yeah. To the airport and then um, and then to that to that museum. So we're 18 minutes in, and we're only through three of these things, I think. Maybe we've gotten through four, sort of. What's your next one? And then we'll take a quick break. Um, so let me see uh, what I want to follow up public transit with. Oh, good job. My nope. list totally went away. Um, <laughs> this, is, this is the joy of an unfiltered, unedited yeah. podcast. Okay. Um, let's see. Oh, I'll do one more, one more transit-related thing. Okay. Um, 
I really liked my canal boat tour. Uh, I've oh, yeah. really enjoyed my canal boat tours both times that I was there. This one I got on right outside of the Anne Frank Museum, uh, which was convenient because we had just finished at the Anne Frank Museum. That's the same one I got on, or same uh, place, but yeah. And we got lots of good facts, such as the fact about the mm-hmm. um, insurance and the cars and mm. the and the curbs. Uh, so uh, they also give you all the wine you wanted. Mm-hmm. I mean, all the wine you wanted. They were just constantly coming around with wine, and like in our tour was at like you know noon um mm-hmm. so i got off and i was a little bit loaded and then i bought so many things at the tulip museum mm. uh was that also when you bought that cheese that was so good i tried uh, to rebuy it it was like super aged gouda yeah it was like i i think i bought that a little bit later but i think it was the same day it was uh, like eating cheese rock candy it was yeah. so good i'm sad that i didn't yeah. get to try it but um but yeah i this was a cheese and wine and canal boat tour our tour guides were great they were super enthusiastic and um really friendly and i got some good facts about oh like you know there's no there are basically no curtains anywhere in amsterdam everybody's windows are open all the time and that is um because so many um people so many women were the wives of um sailors and traders uh they wanted to prove that they were not having affairs. So the story goes. So the story but it's a good goes. story. It's a good story. But regardless, like, really, people don't have... No, no, I, I'll stand by that, yeah. Yeah. When I was walking around, I realized I was playing it when I was in Rotterdam. I was playing the game um, living room or restaurant. Mm. Because you'd just be walking around, and these places would be old houses that were converted into restaurants, or it'd be a living room with a bunch of people in it. Right. And... Uh, a good number of times. I had no idea if it was a restaurant or that. And then right. I'd be like, oh, that's the living room. And then I'd walk a little bit further and be like, oh, no, there's a door to a restaurant here. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah. There were plenty of times in Amsterdam where it was just someone's bedroom. Yeah, uh, right. So you'd just be looking into and you'd see somebody's a bed. bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, which is... People keep a pretty tidy wild. house, too, it seems, yeah. I'd say. Lots of people have plants, you know. So I'll say, I'm going to add to your canal book, because I did a canal on my own after you left. Uh-huh. Mine, I think it took the exact same one, probably with the same company, because it was a cheese and wine, mm-hmm. all-you-can-eat cheese, or all-you-can-eat wine. It was a plate of cheese. It was fine. Um, but I went in at like 7 or 8 p.m., mm-hmm. and it was okay. It was beautiful at night to see all the lights, but they were definitely catering to people drinking heavy and mm-hmm. not giving tour. Ah. There was very little tour information. I was a little disappointed when I got off. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah. like mine was really good. Um, yeah, it sounds perfect. And yeah, we got lots of facts. Um, you know, I got to yell syphilis out loud to a crowd of tourists. So that's always exciting. As one does. Yep. All right. So we're going to take a quick break and we'll uh-huh. come back for the rest of the top 10. Yep. All right, so the, we're back, second half here. Mm-hmm. The, uh, we might have three parts on this one because I wanted to maybe do a, like, what will we do next time or whatever, oh, but we'll yeah, get sure. to it. We'll, we'll try to make this one, this part a little quicker. Thanks if you're still sticking around. Yeah. Um, okay, so uh, I felt like I talked a lot in the first half. I'm going to turn it over to you. I was there, I guess, mm-hmm. three weeks. Yeah. It's bonkers. Three times as long as me. The, um, we're kind of through the top four or five. Uh, what do you have for uh, your next one? Okay, so I said I was going to do a two-for-one um, while we were chatting, but I think I'm actually going to do a three-for-one. What? Um, I know, right? Um, so I'm just going to talk about museums. Um, oh, yeah. So, uh, and I am specifically going to talk about not uh, 
the Van Gogh or the Rijksmuseum, go to them. You don't need me to tell you that. Yeah. Um, but... I, I want to, I don't want to call it, we've talked so much about COVID over the last few years, but it was so crazy. In If you're in the U.S. and you're still masking up on a regular basis, I think fewer and fewer of us are. Yeah. But previous to us going at the beginning, of, or the end of January is when we left for Sweden. Mm-hmm. Previous to that, we were still wearing a mask going to the grocery store, to yoga. Um, anytime we were around a bunch of people, we were still wearing a mask. Sweden and Netherlands, so few masks. No we one. were in some. We were in the uh, Van Gogh Museum. Museum. Well, Van Gogh is the one where I remember. There were all these people coughing and all these kids coughing, and I was like, "Boom! Put that mask on." I just yeah. keep, still carry a mask in my pocket. Yep. But there was like six of us in the entire museum that I saw with masks and we were three of them yeah so I like I was wearing my my mask not because whatever but because I didn't want to get sick on my vacation yeah so like you might still want to bring a mask it's not necessarily COVID it's just like hey there's a million people here from all over the place and a bunch of them are children and children are always sick yeah uh, so children, <laughs> sorry. Anyway, so you're not talking about those two. I'm not talking about yep. those two. Whatever, go to them. Um, you don't need me to tell you that. No. Um, so I will tell you about two cool art museums that I saw. Um, oh yeah, two I didn't see. Right, exactly. Um, the Strat Museum, which is a graffiti museum. Um, oh, yeah. This is the one that's across the river. So. Um, that's one that I took the ferry. It's very easy, actually, from Amsterdam Central Station to take the ferry across. Uh, and go to that museum. So if you're in central Amsterdam, I would definitely recommend it. It may even be free. Just, uh, yeah, the ferry may (laughs) even be free. Just scoot yourself across. The museum is right by the ferry stop. So you need to walk like a block. Um, so it's like low, low effort for, um, for like walking public transit, right? Um, or busing or boating, whatever. Mm -hmm. You get what I'm saying. Um, but the Strat Museum was very cool. It's, uh... Yeah, it's S-T-R-A-A-T. Um, it's, yeah, like I said, um, graffiti museum. So it has these really, really large pieces that graffiti artists have painted. I yeah. would say they're all like six by ten feet. Um, also, shout out to Highland. Yeah, shout out to Highland Mather, um, friend of ours for a very long time, um, who very kindly gave me... Uh, and my mom, free access. I showed up and I was like, we should be on the list. It's Rachel and mom. <laughs> Rachel and mom. And the guy who didn't even have to check his book, he was like, oh yeah. Um, nobody else is coming in saying that they're Rachel and mom. Um, but my mom really liked it too. Uh, so it's not just me because I am friends with Highland that appreciated it. Like it, I think the range um, of the like types of different graffiti artists, the way that it was broken up into different kind of like community versus like, you know, sort of like social activism versus personal expression. Like it was, it was divided up into like sections around the types of feels, um, that people were going for in their art. Anyway, um, it's, it's a lovely museum. I will say in February, it's cold in there. It's a giant warehouse and it wasn't heated. Uh, at least as far as I could tell. Um, so, and because right now energy costs are really high, mm. uh, the cafe also wasn't heated. Mm. And I went into the cafe expecting that we could warm up. Uh, and I consumed some hot things, but the like gas heaters that I think would normally be on when energy costs aren't so high were, were not on. Yeah. Um, and then, oh, sorry, were you going to say something else about the museum? Uh, no, that's basically it. I just, I recommend it as one of the museums that may not be like 
top of the tourist list, yeah. but I definitely think is worth checking out. So when you're out on a cold day and you go to a museum that's cold, the next place you want to go to is... Another museum that's cold. Right. Which yeah. is my second museum. Yeah, that's right. That's um, so this is the um, New Church Museum, um, or New Kirk, or something like that, mm. um, which uh, is... a It's the New Church, which means it's like you know, 350 years old and not 400 years old or something. Uh, it's not really particularly new. Uh, but it's also not really a church anymore. Uh, it's just, a, not just, it's a installation space for um, installation art. And the piece that we saw while we were there was by an African artist. Um, and it was a lot about sort of um, objects. Like he had done a lot of... Uh, sort of rubbings of things within that church, people who are all buried in that church who um, participated in the slave trade or in, mm. if not the slave trade then, um, in like resource, uh, capturing resources mm -hmm. from the African content, right? continent, content, continent. Um, and then uh, also, um, items from like slave ports in Africa um, and he had sort of cast all of these and put them around um, the church and then there were also very large amounts of burr uh, like ravens sort of watching you hmm. from the rafters real ravens no fake okay. ravens um, art ravens uh, anyway it was it was very cool it was in it had music along with it no, sound not music but it had sound along with it um, and every nook sort of had things, things that were recreated specifically for those spaces, again, because it was an installation. Anyway, it was very cool, and I forgot to look up the artist's name. But mm -hmm. if you were there, um, new church, rotating installations, uh, and it had um, audio guides as well, so you could go around and sort of listen to like the different, yeah. the different things that were there. Yeah, I didn't get to get to either of those. Um... Partially because after you left, I was working during the day. Mm -hmm. So I was trying to see everything after like 6 p.m. Right. But um, I didn't even check to see if those were open, honestly. Uh, but yeah, no, the, both of those are pretty envious about. Also, when you say Art Ravens, uh, you meant all, the first names were Art? Mm -hmm. So it was like Art Ar Blackfeather. Arthur, you know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Some of them... Yeah. Some of them just went by A, just you a. know, okay. um, some of them are B. Arthur Raven. <laughs> B. Arthur Raven. <laughs> the, um, I guess, yeah, but definitely there's going to be some female, um, female Ravens. The, um, sorry, patriarchy, my assumptions there. <laughs> so you said three for, what was oh, right. your third uh, one? The final one is the Aunt Frank Museum, mm. uh, which is also on your like sort of general top 10 Amsterdam list. But as a Holocaust scholar, I feel is the way cannot um mm -hmm. not give a shout out to the Anne Frank Museum I feel as though like I was there 20 years ago um and I feel as though it's been significantly overhauled in the last oh, 20 years um in that like everything was audio this time so there was really almost no reading mm. uh it was just listening which I think you know if you're a um museum curator uh you're you know, the pain of, like, no one really reads everything, right? Or no mm. one reads most things. Yeah. Um, but but there, yeah, you could just get an audio guide in a million different languages. Every time you walked into a new room, you, like, beeped it on the wall, and it told mm. you something about that space that you were in or about mm -hmm. the family or about the, you know, history. 
if you've read the diary, you know, you can kind of map things out in your head. Mm. If you haven't read the diary, that's fine. It still makes perfect sense, and you can buy it on your way out, which is what I did the first time I went there. All right, I'm going to ask you Mm -hmm. an annoyingly naive question. Mm -hmm. This is the house that she was living, her family was living in. Yeah. So it's not actually her house, obviously, right? Because it was the other family that owned the house and they were living in the attic uh, or no, like Dutch or something? No, no, no. Um, nope, wrong. Uh, oh, really? It was her dad's business. Oh. Um, and they carved out a space to live in the back of her dad's business. Oh, I guess I don't remember. Um, I read it um, 30 years ago, probably. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, so, so, yeah, it was, um, yeah, her dad had a jam factory. Um, and, uh, yeah, so... Wow. Like, part of the factory upstairs got cordoned off. The doctor that was there was a dentist, and he came later. um, Oh, but he lived with them, right? Or was he... I mean, he... He he was hiding as well. Yeah, he was hiding as well. He came and lived with them, but... Who was nominally living in that space? or The rest of the business was still running, even though... Mm -hmm. So they had to be quiet during the day, because the factory and and warehouse and everything was still functional, so you couldn't flush the toilet... You couldn't, yeah. like, move around. You know, you had to be very quiet. Uh, yeah, so obviously I needed... I, I should have made space for that, too, but I was working those days. So, uh, which is, I guess, for those of you who might be listening to this that are, like, kind of folks that travel and work, like, this is a little bit new to me to some extent, is that normally when we vacation, we just take some time off. But this is the first time that I think I worked while we were on vacation. So mm-hmm. you and your mom vacationed on stuff, and then I worked after you left, and I was just doing stuff in, in the evenings. Um, when I was in Rotterdam, I was taking, like, three-hour lunches, but working, starting early in the day and then working till like, 8 p.m. to, like, mm-hmm. make up for that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, it, it, it was an interesting balance, I'd say. Overall, I think I did okay with it. Um, so, yeah. um, those are my three museums. All right, I'll add a museum. So that's my three I first. was going to have this as part of my top, my number one, but I'm going to come back to number one. I'm going to split one out. Okay. Um, but since you're talking museums, mm-hmm. and we're going to talk about... Sorry, I'm probably rubbing my beard on the microphone. Um, we're talking... Um, yeah, separate museums. When I was in Rotterdam... Mm-hmm. Can I go to... I might have only gone to one museum there. I'm trying to think, but... Anyways, I went to one that wasn't even technically a museum. It was the Depot Boymans Van Bunigan. I'm sure that is not how you say that, but it is sort of one of their national galleries, or not national, but one of the main galleries there for, I think, modern, maybe not even. It's just like their big big museum. The big museum is closed, and they've built this second building they used to store all their art in the basement of the main building. The main building is the main museum is currently closed for renovations for a couple of years, but it, like a handful of years ago, within the last five ten years, mm-hmm. um, they needed a new place to store their art because the main museum kept flooding and it was damaging art. So last thing you want, right. um, and they built this fancy depot where they store all the art. And so you go, and it's not really a museum, but it's also not not a museum. Mm-hmm. So you go in, and there's a bunch of stuff on display. Well, the other part, you, I don't know how much you saw this in the pictures, but it's like you're in an Escher, mu- an Escher print in some ways because you walk up these stairs, and then there's 
it's like five floors, I think, and all the staircases don't quite line up, so it's a little bit like Harry Potter, except for it's all modern and glass okay. and concrete. And <laughs> you also would not love this. Some of the walkways across the main interior section were glass floored, so you'd be <laughs> looking down multiple floors, but the floor wasn't just glass. It was like two layers of glass, so there was actually like pottery and stuff or sculptures and other artifacts in the floor that you were walking across the bridge. Um, it's, it's really fascinating. It was, Rachel heard this when, before I went. This is one of the ones that I took like a three-and-a-half-hour lunch or something that time. It was extra long. Um, I wanted to hit one last art museum before I left the Netherlands, and I was trying to look up what I should go to. And some of them didn't have great reviews. Some of them were a little too far away. And then there was this thing, and I couldn't figure out what it was. And I went to their website, and it was like, learn about the depot in 45 seconds. And it was like this irritating postmodern video. If you're from the, from the depot, <laughs> take this as you will. But I almost didn't go because it was so annoying to understand what this space was. But as huh. soon as I, when I got to it, it's this fascinating shape. It was basically this giant glass vase slash bowl. Um, that was five stories tall, all reflective on the outside. On the top is flat. Huh. And there were trees that you could see from the outside. And then you walked into these, like, giant doors that, when they're sealed, close flat. So they kind of open up like they're like a, a spaceship to walk in. And so when I walked up to this place, I wasn't sure if I was going to go in yet because I was annoyed by their website. Right. <laughs> and when I looked at it, I was like, oh, I got to go into this place. This is fascinating looking. Yeah. I went in and as soon as I walked in, I just was like, this is the right decision. I, ca I came to the right place. So you see some things. The best part, if you ever go to this uh, as a listener or if we ever go back, uh -huh. there's a free behind the scenes tour you can get that was only maybe like it wasn't an hour, I don't think, but part of it, you get 10 minutes behind the scenes. So it is actually a storage space with some of the stuff on display. And you can look through the windows at some of the stuff in the storage areas. You kind of hit a button and you get like 30 seconds of light because they're trying to keep everything oh, preserved. Right. Of course. Um, and some of the stuff you're looking at through these windows are like packaged up and like styrofoam or probably like cardboard and, and, you know, uh, bubble wrap or something like that. And, um, so you can't see all of it, but behind the scenes, you go behind the scenes for 10 minutes. You're only allowed 10 minutes on the tour because the too much humidity from your tour group behind the scenes. Um, and you get to look at the stuff that's not on display and you get behind the scenes sort of like information about what's there. And some of the temporary exhibits were fascinating too. The one that was most interesting, I'm going way too long on this, but it was, it was really one of the best museums I've been to, even though it's not a museum. <laughs> um, there was a selection of some of the biggest artworks from the main museum because they're currently closed. There was like a Basquiat. There was like a Van Whoever, like some of the Dutch masters that you've heard of and you've seen these paintings in like any art book you look at. Right. Um, so they had like through the ages from like 1600s up to like, you know, 30 years ago. Uh, although Basquiat's longer than 30 years ago at this point. The, yeah. um, but they were all in these glass walls. And when you walked into the gallery, you looked at the back of the artwork. So it was, you got to see these paintings in 360 degree views. So it wasn't like viewing art in a gallery where you're just looking at the stuff and moving along. They had little write-ups about like what, you know, you could look at how the frames were built. You could look at the bills of sales that were glued to the back of these things from the 1600s. 
Um, and like, That's cool. Yeah, it was really, really neat. So it was cool to see these famous artworks, but then also to see like the part of the history and the part of the like mechanics of these things that you wouldn't see. Oh, it was so interesting. So Rotterdam like was a huge surprise to me. I had so much fun there. If we ever go back to the Netherlands, I'm going to make us go to Rotterdam for a few yeah, days. I mean, we absolutely should. Yeah. Like there's no reason to only go to Amsterdam. All right. So that's also, me talking too long on that one. What was that? Also friends. Um, yeah. Rotterdam's like what? Half an hour, 45 minutes away. Oh yeah. yeah so yeah. it's not like you have to go a long ways in between these two cities. You can get to so many. So here's the other one I'd shout out. We went to, um, I went to Rotterdam alone, but we also ran down to, what the hell's the name of the city we went Eindhoven. to? Eindhoven. Eindhoven. Uh, that also took us like an hour to get there to visit some friends. Yeah. And shout out to Troy and Ana Luisa mm-hmm. and, and the their boys. three delightful children. Uh, we had a really great time. Yeah. The, them. Uh, but you can get to like pretty much, you can get to every major city in the Netherlands in within an hour or two probably. Yeah. On totally reasonably priced mass transit. So yeah. uh, definitely should, if you're in Amsterdam... Uh, being a bro and drinking too much and pushing cars into the canal, take a couple days off of right. harassing people and uh, check out one of the other cool cities around there, as I'd say. Yeah. All right, what's your next one? Um, so uh, this is actually, I think, my last one. Okay. Um, so, and it's the, dang it, um, it's the rice table. Um, oh, rice right. table. Um, uh, yeah, rice to fell, maybe? Rice to fell, yeah. So, I don't know how you say it. So, I mean, it translates to rice table. So, Indonesian immigrants uh, to mm-hmm. the Netherlands brought, obviously, their food, as they do. So, you can go and do these rice table um, meals. I didn't know about these at all. My mom had discovered them when doing research about what she wanted to do while she was there. So Cash down chatted out to us, too. Yeah. So. Um, Thanks, Aaron. Yes, thank you. Um, so, but it you go and you get... You get some bowls of rice, uh, coconut rice and regular rice, and then you get like 20-something dishes. It was more than that, I think. Maybe it was, but yeah. It might have been like 20. No, it might yeah, It might have been might like have been 30. 30 yeah. yeah. They're all small, right? But there were four of us. There was enough for everybody to have some. And if you really liked it, usually to go back for a little bit more. Mm-hmm. There was low spicy, medium spicy, and quite spicy. So you could kind of choose where I'd you wanted to. I'd say even the, the quite spicy was still... It was doable. Yeah. yeah, it was fine. Um, but uh, but yeah, it was it was a whole lot of fun. Uh, so many different flavors, like meats and vegetables, and uh, various different levels of seasoning and cooked versus mm-hmm. freshness. Um, and yeah, I mean, they just bring all of this stuff out. We'll we'll have a picture in mm-hmm. the Instagram. Uh, what is it? Uh, rain it in underscore podcast. Yep. Rain it in underscore podcast or rain it in podcast on Facebook. Yeah. Um, so we'll have some, we'll have some pictures of it there, but, uh, but yeah, it was, you know, I had been to Amsterdam 20 years ago. I had done some of these things before canal tour, um, Reich's museum, you know, walking around that kind of stuff. Uh, but I had not done this. Mm -hmm. And so that was like a standout sort of new experience Mm -hmm. that I would definitely do again. And it's super fun with a group of people. I think it would have been fun with two of us, but like, you know, four of us. Yeah, were... it was even more fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. it was. It was really super tasty. It was fun. It was an experience. Mm-hmm. I'll I'll piggyback on that. It was one of mine too. Uh-huh. Um, 
to kind of get us towards wrapping up. I'll piggyback onto that one too. Same thing we shouted out on the, the UK one we did last year. Well, the last year in last 2019. <laughs> um, before the before the pandemic, we spent some time in uh, London and Wales, and uh-huh. we have some stuff about food and a couple different episodes. Also, one of the best photos I've ever taken was that castle in mm. uh, was that uh, Carefilly? Carefilly, outside of yeah Cardiff. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but um, but I'm going to shout out the same thing on that one. I am still always amazed at how pleasant the grocery experience is in Europe. Yeah, true. Um, we went to the grocery store in Sweden. We went to the grocery store in uh, Amsterdam, multiple, Amsterdam times. multiple times. I went when I was in, Nether- when I was in Rotterdam. Um, groceries in general seem to be less expensive mm-hmm. and higher quality produce than they are in For the United sure. States. And I'm su- get su- surprised by this. Yeah. Um, cheese in the Netherlands was... <laughs> Actually, not a huge selection of cheese most of the places we were at, but all the stuff was good. You just basically bought your cheese based on how old it was. Yeah, um, yeah, that's true. But you'd get some, like, three-year-aged Gouda for, like, three euro or something like that. I continued my tradition of buying uh, plants yeah. for for apartments that I'm staying in. Uh-huh. So uh, I feel like if I'm there for at least three nights, I'm just going to buy a plant from and now leave on. it there? Yeah. Someone else can inherit it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, like a cheap plant, not like, yeah. you know, if I can find a plant for $5 or under, yeah, it's worth it for mm-hmm. that three days. Yeah. So, like, I always enjoy going to a grocery store in another country. I always enjoy eating food. Um, but one of the ways, too, that the only way I could stay there for two weeks was almost all of my money was spent on my lodging. Mm-hmm. And pretty much everything else, like, I ate two meals at home a day. I'd eat one meal out, usually dinner, so I could still do some fun stuff. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. I mean, it's a way it to make it affordable. And also, like, I mean, the the apartment that we were staying in... Um, in Amsterdam the first week. The first week was fairly expensive, but it was... Four of us. Four, four of us in two bedrooms and, you know, um, not two baths, but, like, a toilet room and a, and a shower bathroom. Yeah. So you had, like, a, a little bit more space. Area. Yeah, and kitchen and stuff and washer... Mm. Um, so listen, just bring your own detergent sheets. I bought the wrong detergent so many times. Oh yeah. I forgot to bring my detergent sheets and I will tell you, buy those flat sheets of laundry. And book a place. Yeah. Find an apartment. Just take them with you because like our place came with laundry detergent, but it came with, I think two tabs. And I was like, we're doing a lot more than two loads in a week. I have more than than two loads of laundry to do. So anyway, that's like just a solid tip. Regardless, bring right. some laundry sheets with you. So last one, that's mm-hmm. tips on living, packing lighter, ultimately. Yeah. Um, and the last one I have, because you said you did all yours, right? I did all mine, yep. Um, my this kind of comes back to your first one, sort of. Um, but I, I'd say just the architecture in mm, general. As I, yeah. So it, it, in, it includes that walking around part. But in Amsterdam, walking along the canals... It is just as awesome as it looks like in the pictures. Yeah, it was that's fun. true. It really is. Yeah. I, the, after you left, I walked around uh, with MJ, and um, it was fun just to like look at all the crooked buildings and just yeah, feel and all the different neighborhoods all within close proximity to each other. Right, and it's fun even if you're not, like I said, it doesn't have to be the old town, right? Like There's yeah. so many things to see, um, even if you're just in like you know, neighborhoods, like the buildings are newer, but you've still got really cool. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, we went 
we went to a neighborhood. My mom and I took a long walk to get some chocolate. Um, and, you know, we stopped in this really cool place that was like a, uh, it was for developmentally disabled people, right? And they were like selling artwork that the DD kids had made to like support community stuff for that. And they also had a coffee shop and it was just like, you know, just tucked into this little neighborhood. It was super cool. Mm -hmm. uh, kind of a fancier neighborhood because the chocolate place was very fancy. Mm -hmm. It was delicious. Um, I also want to give a huge shout out for the architecture in Rotterdam in general. So if you're into architecture, you probably are already aware of the cool stuff that's in, Amsterdam, or in Rotterdam. A, the, the depot that I talked about is probably not as famous, definitely not as famous as the uh, cube houses. Mm. Um, they're cool in person. Uh, it sounds like they're not a great place to live. Most of them are bought up and are like Airbnbs now. Oh. Um, but uh, right across from the cube houses is the most amazing food hall I've ever been to. Um, it's yeah, like it's a 10-story tall giant arch with the supposedly largest artwork in Europe. Um, Which is like digitally displayed inside the arch, right? Uh, it's not actually. It's digitally printed on panels. Okay. Yeah. Because um, each panel is like, I don't know, five by five or something like right, that. Right, yeah. Um, but there's all these little food stalls and restaurants and there's a cool sort of like archaeology uh, museum in the the escalator corridor that comes up from the the immaculately clean parking structure. <laughs> um, it just it was such a nice use of public space in Rotterdam and acknowledging sort of the history of how Rotterdam was so decimated during World War II. Oh, right. And then kind of how they've rebuilt in stages like every couple, every decade or so there's like a new wave of architecture that happens and the stuff that's been happening like more recently is really interesting too and it's just it's just fun to just walk around and see the history of all this stuff so i would say if you're not walking around randomly when you travel to places hopefully it's not because you've got mobility limitations but if you do hopefully you're still able to find a way to like get around and explore but if you are able to walk around just just getting yeah. lost is a ton of fun. True. Especially because we always have uh, internet with us, so we get lost, yeah. but we can I know. generally find our way back with the use of our maps. GPS is pretty good. Yeah. All right, let's take a short second break, and then we'll come back for just a couple-minute wrap-up. What do you say? Sure. All right. All right, so quick wrap-up. Mm-hmm. What uh, what would you do more of? How likely are you to go back to Netherlands? What do you wish like you would have done more? I feel like I'm pretty likely to go back. Uh, I mean, I've been 20 years in between trips. Um, I don't know if I'll wait another 20 years. I'm not going to go back like next year. Mm -hmm. But, uh, well, I mean, unless I get a chance to go do a talk in Eindhoven. But uh, yeah. that's, a, that's a work thing and it's separate from tourist thing. But uh, I think I would branch out a little bit more, right? Because mm -hmm. everything is so close. Like, I would like to go to Rotterdam. I would like to go to, I don't know, there's some of those just like, hey, this is an adorable little tourist town full of windmills. Like, I would yeah. do that. I would go in the spring and see the tulips. Mm -hmm. All of that would be super fun. Mm -hmm. uh, I would go and just wander around mm -hmm. some more again. It was cold. I don't know if I'd go back in January no. on purpose. It was, it was doable, but it was cold. It was cold, yeah. I mean, it was just windy... Because it's so flat, right? The wind just... Mm -hmm. That's the reason they're famous for windmills, right? Because it's windy there. Yeah. Uh, so it was windy. It was chilly. It was gray. 
it wasn't super rainy. Ooh, we got we pretty, pretty lucky on that, but yeah. like, but it was gray and damp and windy, mm-hmm. which is not anyone's favorite. Weather. I can't say I know when the best time to go would be. Right, summer could be warm, but it's pretty. Far summer would probably be pretty touristy, I yeah. think. So, yeah. you gotta kind of like find that balance. Yeah, I could exactly. see spring being wet. I don't know what there. Anyways, doesn't matter. Check your maps. Figure out your stuff. Yeah, exactly. I, I'll, I, I plug <laughs> onto what you said earlier, though. That like it was. If if you're wondering about traveling, and you're trying to get your feet wet with some foreign travel, getting to Amsterdam is pretty easy for most parts of the. U.S. probably, I assume, because it is a hub for getting to other yeah. places. And uh, I never know how to say the hell the name of the airport, but it's it's a big hub. Um, Schiphol? Um, anyway. But once you're there, like, people are going to talk English to you in almost every case. I, I yep. When I was in Rotterdam, there was one, the last meal I got, which was one of the best meals I got while I was there, um... I walked in and I was like, hey, can I, you know, can I sit down at the bar? And they were like, sure, no problem, but we don't have an English menu, but I can translate it for you. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, well, it was like, just give me, what are, what are the, what's your recommendation? What's the, yeah. what are the main entrees? Um, but it was like, it, he did not seem put out yeah. to translate it for me. Um, yeah, it's true. In terms of like, you know, European travel, if you're not going to England, like the place where everyone is going to speak English. It's Sweden was really similar Amsterdam. too. Yeah, but most people, people would start speaking to us in Swedish yeah. first because I, you know, I think partially because we're white, right? And so we yeah. are more likely to look like Potentially Swedes. Potentially be Swedes, I suppose. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, like... Um, but yeah, most people... Yeah, most people... Netherlands there, just spoke to you in English straight out. Yeah, nobody, nobody tried speaking to you in Dutch first. Um, really. And... Uh, but yeah, I'd say super easy to travel, like convenient. We talked about the public transit. It was, you know, a little pricey, but you can make it work cost-wise. It's not, yeah, it's yeah. not terrible. I mean, uh, certainly eating out was much more expensive in Sweden yeah. than it was in um, in Amsterdam. Yeah. Uh, like our lodging was, I think, more expensive in Amsterdam, but we had an apartment, so mm-hmm. it's hard to say. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely, I, I, I really should have found a way to go to the Anne Frank Museum with you too. Um, you know, we didn't do the Amsterdam card thing or any of the travel passes. Mm-mm. It seemed like it actually might be a pretty good deal, but because we were traveling with three of us, two, two group, you know. Well, and we weren't always going to be together. And, yeah, we were traveling in twos some days and three some days, and we were coming from different cities. Oh, it was just going to be hard to coordinate. Definitely book ahead, though, if you want to do oh, yeah. All Anne the Frank stuff. Museum um, Reich's Museum. Reich's Museum and Van Gogh Museum. Yeah. They all absolutely sell out months beforehand. Yeah. Actually, yeah. Anne Frank Museum, you can only book a month out, but the other ones, like, get your tickets in advance. Uh, and early in the day, ideally, like, we got tickets to Van Gogh, like, shortly after they opened, and so we got there before it was oh, yeah, too it was crowded. was so crowded by the time we left. Yeah, so... Yeah. Um, Unlike, I feel like of any city that I've been to, it was pretty much the most necessary to, to pre-book yeah. things. Yeah, right. It's, probably, it's popular because it's easy to travel in, right? And there's right, a lot of exactly. interesting stuff. And just make time to walk around, check some stuff out. Um, I wish I would have eaten more cheese. I ate a lot of fucking cheese while we were there. But I would I want, maybe want to like try to figure out how to do like a real like good cheese tasting of some of the different cheeses from the Netherlands. Yeah. Um, 
instead of the Heineken experience, they need a cheese Cheesekin experience. There's probably the che- there's probably a Cheesekin experience. There but, probably is. Um, I don't know what else. I think that's the main one, right? Like yeah. hit some of those other ones. I'd like to go check out the the museum that I can't remember what it was called that Highland Works Strat. at. Strat. Strat. Yep. Um, and I would take another canal tour to to wash my uh, palate clean from the yeah. one I took that was mediocre. Yeah. So. All right. Well, thanks for listening, people. So we're coming back to you. I'm going to say we're actually doing it. All right. Today's April 1st. Coming back to you May 1st. Uh, You're going to be gone. Anyway. I don't care. Okay. We'll record and then we'll release it. Okay. We're coming back to you May 1st with an episode on Chicago. Okay. Uh, which is where I was in February. We're going to be two months behind on all of our trips, but that's okay. We're recording this from South Carolina. Yeah. Eventually there will be an episode on South Carolina, probably. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> I and mean, there should be. If you if you live in distance of Greenville, South Carolina, highly recommend it. We'll, we'll do an episode on yeah. it. Yeah. You know, two months from now. But anyway, <laughs> May 1st, we're coming back to you. All right. Have a good one. Thank you for listening to Rain It In, Matt and Rachel. You can check us out on Instagram at Rain It In underscore podcast or Facebook at Rain It In Podcast. We encourage you to like and subscribe on your favorite podcast app, or you can listen direct at anchor.fm slash rain it in. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.